I guess as artists, we just have to be, you know, we have to be uh, true to kind of what are the things that we we enjoy about the image aesthetically and formally and um, and emotionally too. I think um, conceptually, all those things, and and then the, what whatever the viewer brings to it is, you know, is kind of their own their own thing, so to speak. True to ourselves and being able to like find it find what's important to us that we wanna that we wanna make paintings of. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 135th episode, Hans Habegger joins me once again. We talk about our exhibition, Reconstructed Landscapes. It runs through March 7th and opens today, February 12th. And it's at Moraine Valley Community College just outside of Chicago. So please come check out the show. And as always, if you're listening to Studio Break for the very first time, we want to remind you that Studio Break is a podcast and blog website. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on. I interview them about their artistic practice, studio developments, their work, and we share these interviews on Studio Break. Again, you can see there are links to the artist's website so you can find out more information. There's images that you can click through, and there's a big archive right on the left sidebar. You can go month by month. Go back and check out some of the podcasts that you miss. If you like the podcast enough, you can always follow that hyperlink. You can go and go to the iTunes store, subscribe to the podcast, and never miss an episode that way. So please check it out. Once again, you can follow us in a variety of different formats. Again, our Facebook page provides updates of guests and new episodes and opportunities, so please like it. You can follow our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr. And please, please tweet us on Twitter, at Studio Break. All right, here is our interview with Hans. Stay tuned. All right, welcome to Studio Break in a, a cafeteria. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Hans Habiger. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Dave. So again, we've been hanging and installing our exhibition right now, which is up at Moraine Valley Community College through is that March 8th. March 8th. March 8th. March 8th, it comes down. Again, we'll yeah. be we'll be editing a lot. Actually, my birthday, March eighth. So, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. You know, I guess maybe serendipitously, I'll start by just saying, you know, it's funny because I think when I first got my first like real official postgraduate school website, you were maybe like one of the first people to email me about my work, and that's uh, funny. It's crazy. This is like two thousand and eight, you know, yeah, or something like that. So, right, it's been a long time. We've or, kind of talked about showing, it, and right, it was two thousand and eight. It's now. 2015 no just kidding yeah um, i mean yeah. right yeah so i just but, tried to delay it a long time right <laughs> it's good to be it's good for it to be happening i want to thank you for putting our submission out there yeah yeah i mean it's again it's really interesting i think you know as as artists you always kind of see work that starts to resonate with you a bit more or mm -hmm. maybe you know you want to kind of learn more about it or i don't know you maybe kind of share some similar things and i think right. certainly like when i saw your work it was probably very much the same kind of things we were thinking so yeah um likewise and yeah. i guess you know like in terms of starting out i mean the first thing that i think about um when i go into that room and see all these pieces is thinking about like where they're all from for me so my first mm -hmm. i guess question in terms of thinking about this is sure is that something that's important to you i mean like 
I don't, I think again, like, cause I've talked to my students about this in terms of like meaning, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do you build meaning into your work? Right. I don't think you're necessarily starting with something very specific, but what kind of things um, do you paint and how does that process kind of begin for you? I guess I'm trying to, I'm, I'm always drawn to things that are visually right in my immediate surroundings, you know, things that I'm, I'm driving by daily, um, walking past, um, daily as well. Um, things that catch my eye that way. And, and, um, you know, obviously I'm kind of focusing on the urban, urban spaces and I've kind of trying to make it, make it a little more cohesive in, in making it commercial spaces and these strip malls and big box stores, which are places that we all go, you know, Mm -hmm. to, as consumers, but we find ourselves around. So it kind of begins in a sense with it being something that I'm, uh, I'm around typically, you know, at times I've, I've, I've gone and, and driven around, find, found some spots, but, um, a, a lot of it is based upon I, things that I'm, I'm more familiar with. And I'm curious though, I mean, is it almost like research? Cause to me, it's kind of like, I don't know. I take certain routes to certain destinations, you know, right. like if we go to Woodstock, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll take a certain route and I'll always kind of like see mm-hmm. some of these places over and over. And I, right. I've been conscious since kind of doing all these plein air paintings a couple of years ago, like thinking about like time of day is really important. It so is. like I'll yeah. make a note it almost, you know, to exactly. figure out when to document it. You or, know? or yeah, when to go back there. Um, you know, you see something with a certain light of falling across it. Light is super important for these landscape paintings. And I feel like as landscape painters, we need to be engaged with light and also um, and sensitive to it, and and um, and also drawn to things in our immediate spaces, like just how you how you see them, maybe how you interact with them. And um, um, for me, that's where it starts, I think. And and then going back at a certain time of day, taking some pictures, you know, atmospheric conditions considered as well uh what what you might be looking for but sometimes it's very spontaneous like that night jewel painting i was right, there right. it was raining at night and you know in that instance so there's some momentary things like that where they're not as premeditated um for at least the photo references you know is there like something f- like that's just formal that you kind of get drawn into like you'll see some maybe color combination of something or maybe something that you wouldn't I mean, again, you kind of paint, like, the backs of stores, too, you know? So, right. like, you don't know. It's not like maybe, like, uh, Moore's Mine are kind of, like, more, mm-hmm. like, they want to have that whole kind of complete feel. Yours are right. kind of more cropped in. and They are cropped. I wanted to, at first, I really liked the idea of them being more anonymous spaces. You know, like, they could they could have been any building or commercial building, in a sense. And that, that way, they'd be more approachable to a viewer and kind of intriguing that it's um, maybe less obvious where it is or what brand of store it is but and that's kind of how these started in more in thinking a little bit more abstractly about just big shapes in the picture plane division of the picture plane with the main shapes but then as I took more photos and being more more around these places I started being kind of interested in bringing in the 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 logos the uh, lettering or the the font that we're talking about today the signage making that a little more obvious um, in the pieces too as, as a shape and as something visual. And I guess just cause you know, I, I brought up this idea of to some degrees, this idea of like thinking about 
what what this is supposed to be about, what the conceptual kind of components are there. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe you kind of talked about being interested in them, you know, in terms of that formal quality and that right. kind of daily day-to-day quality. Yeah. But I mean, is that something that you're conscious of too? Because one of the, one of the things that I noticed is that again in one of the drawings, um, you know, the um, the lettering was flipped. Right. And I don't know when it was that I was driving past a Walgreens that had closed and then noticed that they flipped the signs. Flipped so, the signs around. Right. You know, for me, that's something mm-hmm. that I'm thinking about is like, like is like part of a totally different process. And so then mm-hmm. I realized like, oh, no, that's like, again, this is a closed thing. I mean, right. Is that- and I, yeah, I became kind of, I've become more intrigued by these kind of vacant spaces when the, the strip malls are closed down. And I used to drive past areas in Skokie where it was filled with these old strip malls and like half the stores or more were abandoned or not rented and and they're run down, you know, they're not well kept up and then when the once the tenants moved out, yeah, they, they flipped the signs in reverse. So I at first I kinda approached the signage that way and kind of liking that that was signifying that there was nobody there anymore and it was kind of about the stillness of the place. Um, and and it incorporated these aspects of lettering and something that was more literal, but in a different way than what you would expect it to be when it's flipped in reverse. So yeah, I, yeah. I kind of like the some maybe reference to the economy or social qualities, maybe with the with the closed down stores, but also maybe a little bit of the mood of the space that um, that I'm intrigued by in the image as well. Again, I think it's interesting because as you're talking, I'm automatically start wondering like what I'm doing, you know, with my work and, right. and kind of comparison. Um, right. I think it. I like I like what you've done with these new pieces, and I, I think they they're ni- they're a good direction, uh, and you've really f- focused on them solidly for over a year or so, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and again, I, I think we were talking about this too because I mean. Like, what is it about making a series that allows you to kind of, like, explore it, you know? Because, again, maybe some painters or some artists, you know, it might be so much about that conceptual component to it that they might, you know, switch up and do something totally different because, you know, it's about a different kind of thing. Right. I'm not a philosopher at all, but it just Mm -hmm. makes me think of, like, the middle path, you know? Like, I I think of my destiny as, like, one that I just want to be kind of content (laughs) Mm -hmm. and happy and be able to kind of, like enjoy all these little things and i don't i don't know if that necessarily directly relates to what i'm interested in but i want to feel connected to these places so like when you even call these places landscapes that we're painting Mm -hmm. you know i think that's something that's interesting to me because it right i i i'm interested in that relationship that i have to the place that i'm occupying right and you and yours are even more landscapes in a sense you you've kind of you've you're showing more of the area in a sense around the architectural setting a bit more i've i've really zoomed it in so it becomes less of a landscape and your the picture plane is really cropped in and i've i've really enjoyed that i kind of focus on um you know playing off of the lines um and relating them to the picture plane everything kind of being self-contained almost in this like cube or the box of the square format at the same time i'm i'm kind of intrigued more recently of of Expanding those spaces and showing a little bit more beyond and, and giving it giving it a little bit more depth. But um, I, I, I like your your route in, in a lot of those pieces where you're seeing kind of more of the building because it's almost identifying it as a structure, too. Well, right. 
and it's weird to think about the way that they kind of relate because they, I think we both kind of maybe are interested in things outside of just these, you know, certainly like these just formal kind of paintings. I mean, we're mm-hmm. interested in that. We're also interested in the way that these things may be changed. But then also, right. I don't know, there's almost like two different routes then to go or like there's two options. But they kind of, I don't know, the, just the way that they relate is very interesting to me to think about, you right. know, like in terms of the way that there's so much hard edge yeah. kind of stuff going on in your paintings. You yeah. know? So, I mean, in some ways they totally relate to me to like that. They I do. don't know, just like a very colorful kind of formal quality. Right. Um, and again, I think there is that in mind, but it does it in a totally different, different way, way in some ways. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I, one thing I was thinking about was how your, where your comment was about how do we as painters work in a series or how does change occur? Some, some painters change up things more quickly and others are more sensitive, like, a, you know, a simple change of uh, from from gas stations to um, fast food uh, restaurants could be a, a big change for somebody's work. Um, just the, the subject matter, or maybe it's a color palette change or like mm-hmm. you a changing up your paints that you were using. I think a, as you go along in a series, you become more sensitive to that. I feel like for me, the change, change is gradual. And um, I, I think it should be honest for whatever painter um, you are, whatever kind of painter you have to be, kind of in tune with with it versus just just kind of change change for the sake of change right well, and I th- well and i think there's something too like i mean i don't know like i uh, like i was talking to you about this i don't i think this is kind of like the most commercial like content wise <laughs> work mm-hmm. that i've made you know like i really right. i mean when i think back on all of the like i've always tried to make these places anonymous you know mm-hmm. or almost you know almost like they could be from anywhere kind of taking away mm-hmm. the actual location and so it's interesting because I think these kind of do that in a way that's very literal for me because I'm, I can recognize them, mm-hmm. you know, whereas, I mean, even taking a, you know, like a really interesting looking colorful image from New Orleans and then dissecting it digitally and then, you know, kind of reinterpreting it in a totally different context. Right. Um, I don't know. I think th- I like that literalness almost in some ways. So for me, mm-hmm. like it's, I don't know, it's, it's been a long shift because it been, you know, I, I could think back to like when I initially started painting mm-hmm. very crude townhouses, you know, like an right. undergraduate, right after I finished undergraduate, you know, they're super crude, but then, um, I don't know, they're, they're just a totally different th- animal, I guess, you know, like right. I think about those transitions and they're so subtle, yep. um, or they can be, you know, yeah. right. um, is that something that you're conscious of to them when you're going through um, images to work from or, or things that you've done so that you're like, you know, this one would has this really weird shape or, you know, like, mm-hmm. again, in mine, there's a McDonald's yeah. painting in there that includes like maybe the, like the most unpainted painting I have almost. There's this huge shadow that's in the mm-hmm. the foreground. And again, for me, it's like, right. how do I find something interesting? Or like, I, I look at it like, is there, can I stop? Like, my inclination is to keep painting and keep painting. And for a long time it was like that. So for right. me, like these have been also about the reverse of like, how little can I do to make this an active, interesting painting? Right. I got you. No, yeah, I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm very critical as I go through the images. I've got tons of, of photos that I've taken, you know, over the past six years, I guess, or five years that I've been doing, working on this series, probably more, more than six years, but, uh, I, I guess it's, yeah, I, I become really critical as I scan through the images. I'll, you know, create a new file and like put potential suspects 
of new pieces in there, come back to them, and I need to kind of take them in again, you know, in a different sense of the, of just um, not being on location, uh, but just seeing it as an image. And I, I'm also open to editing, and, and uh, some of the pieces are resemble less the actual photograph. Some things I'm, I'm changing the uh, some tones, some things I'm I'm kind of repositioning or, or slightly collaging elements, but you wouldn't really know that, you know, because I'm trying to do it in a believable fashion. But um, it's definitely those are definitely things I consider as I'm reviewing them. I kind of kind of become obsessive about thinking of how do they relate in the context of the the other work that I've done or or, or it recently how does it connect to the other pieces. And and part of it too is going through dr- the drawing process. That's why the drawings are important to me because I kind of like to see it as a as a drawn image. Um, so I'll, sometimes I'll just be sketching in a sketchbook, seeing them that way, and then going from there to make them these larger tonal drawings before I kind of commit to making them as a painting. You know, as a as a painter and as someone that's interested in thinking about how subtle things will affect a process, different experiences. It could be working from direct observation or right. doing plein air paintings for me. Yeah. But I think that that drawing aspect is really interesting because I think it also really allows you to play with the material. Mm-hmm. You know, And again, there's some, I want to say, that are done on paper, some that include different types of vellum and different drawing materials. I, is that something that also, like, allows you to explore those qualities in the the painting because you yeah i think said earlier that that's something that's also I, something that you're interested in the paintings now is kind of incorporating this more just slightly i don't know different look or yeah one thing i've always enjoyed about drawing and is that ability to change and adjust and then kind of allow not totally cleaning up the drawings and making them a little bit looser um showing evidence of of pentimenti or subtraction of the of the drawing material off the surface and something i really love about working on the drafting film is it's like very forgiving you can really erase the conte or the charcoal off it Um, sometimes you know like little bits and pieces of it remain here or there and then through kind of the layering process of drawing on that you can kind of separate your marks through layering almost better than what you could do on actual uh, paper and um, I guess I, I kind of like the the mark making and the drawings a lot for that, for that reason. That it's not I'm not trying to focus on like perfect chiaroscuro or anything like that. It's more about like kind of spots and marks of value, and maybe some some bigger sections of light and dark that are offsetting. And then when I get in my paintings, I, I I'll definitely think about how I did the drawing and kind of aspects of maybe the mark making or the freshness. And um, yeah, I, I kind of like. Going forward, I think for maybe a subtle change, we talked about that just earlier. Subtle change might be just trying to keep the paintings a little bit more fresh in the moment of, of like a la prima painting, and not not being so um, kind of fixated on 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 getting it like totally um, totally smoothed out. You know, kind of letting letting some of that freshness come through. Well, and again, I I will let people know you made a very early appearance on studio break years ago so if they want they could go back and, and kind of get more and more information right um, and of course listen to me <laughs> back in like a time machine where i probably sound really terrible in some ways in terms of the, my my questioning yeah. but you I know was... i'm curious you know like you you had talked before about how you had 
you know, also like a lot of experience as um, someone painting from observation mm-hmm. um, and kind yeah. of moving towards this something that allows you to take in all these other experiences and work from photographs. I mean, is that something yeah. that is ever something that you're interested in going back to? And I know obviously as a avid, you know, like hardcore drawing and mm-hmm. painting instructor, you're very, you right. know, You've got your students really kind of working to, to, to work from observation. And so right. I know that's something that you're that, very strong with. Is that something that you yeah. are interested in going back towards? It's in, yeah, it's important in teaching to get students to, to work from life, from the source, from direct observation. Um, build their skills of observation that way. And paint, trying to paint really directly when they paint from photos, they might be, they don't know what to look for in a sense. Um, and they tighten up too much. Um, Whereas working directly from the source, you might uh, feel a little bit more kind of in the moment and mm-hmm. you're, you have to kind of put it down, make decisions quickly, uh, which I think is a good, a good quality for students, especially uh, learning to paint. But yeah, you know, I am, in, I am, I'm a little more intrigued about going, uh, thinking about doing some on-site studies a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd get if how to how that what that would look like you know into the big into the bigger paintings because um, I like the ability to kind of work on them uh, in the studio um, at any time time of day and, and not having to be contingent upon going to that area at a very specific time frame but I think I could see incorporating that in the beginning as kind of these preliminary stages of uh, photos uh, maybe doing some on-site drawing maybe doing a couple little quick oil sketches on site too and kind of letting that infer the painting a little bit more um, as I as I build it up in the studio perhaps. Um, well, and again, I think that's something that's part of that process too is you're kind of like you're following this road and then, gosh, it sounds so poetic, right? Uh, right. But you're maybe just following this path and then, you know, you're going to see what kind of comes up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this could come up next see, week, next month, next, you know, 10 years. You know, it might be right. something that, totally changes 10 years from now i don't know but right i I had a you know i had a i I painted plain air for probably exclusively about six to seven years at least and i resisted the temptation to work from photographs during that time for me it was really important that the paintings were done on site and and um in an urban environment that way uh and then i and then i did totally switch but maybe there is a way to to bring those two kind of together a little bit more and um I you know I really love plein air work and and working from the source so it'd, it'd be kind of neat to find a way to to bring that into this series and not not have it be something totally separate. It makes me think just immediately like how one is about time and and one is not about time. You know, working from a photo is timeless, really. It, yeah, there's a I think there is a quality. The sun doesn't set while you're trying to work on it. Right. Like there's, oh my gosh, I'm in the weeds. not that yeah. like in the moment you know feeling of like urgency. You yeah, know, yeah. Capturing that a fleeting moment in a sense. But that also intrigues me that we're we're kinda I'm I might be trying to show aspects of time in the way that I paint the piece or the building might be, you know, worn down or um showing effects of time from human human use and and, and other things. But and then the the way that they're painted is a little a little different than that. But I, I do like that that ability to kind of keep coming back to it whenever I need to in the studio, and like you said, kind of um, as much time as you need, so to speak. Right, um, right. In, in that sense, um, I, and I kind of think about them as constructions that way, and, and being able to they're, they're, they are something separate from the actual source, 
And I feel like as paintings, they need to read that way and kind of think about them in their own context as, as these images we're making. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I, I think about how all that winds up relating for me in photographs. And, you know, certainly like this is probably like the most kind of direct photographs that I've had in my work, mm-hmm. um, which essentially serve as like an underpainting, you know? Yeah, um, right. But that's, again, I mean, I think that also is something that makes me think about, again, just time all the more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, as a viewer, I mean, I think that's just an interesting idea anyways because you're maybe oftentimes going to see things outside of the context of knowing what's going, you know what I mean? You don't mm-hmm. know that story really necessarily right. of like where or when, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it's an interesting thing to think about with regards to painting. And the, the, yeah, the viewer themselves might be interested in the, like they might be drawn to the piece because of those questions or that those questions might come up because they're drawn to it mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, I guess as artists, we just have to be, you know, we have to be uh, true to kind of w- what are the things that we we enjoy about the image aesthetically and formally and um, and emotionally too. I think um, conceptually, all those things, and and then the, what whatever the viewer brings to it is, you know, is kind of their own their own thing, so to speak. True to ourselves and being able to like find it, find what's important to us that we wanna that we wanna make paintings of. Well, and it's interesting to me because you say, you say that last round, um, uh, sorry, emotion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, again, it's such a loaded word. And I think of, like, right. graduate school and me going, like, emotion that's, you know, crap, you know. Right. Emotion doesn't count. Like, I think it totally changes, you know, the way that I think about these works. Because, like, again, the first thing that I said was all about these places, you know, that I've right. been to. And I can look back and go, I remember that, you know, that was, a, mm-hmm. that was an experience. Or at least most of them. Mm-hmm. For me, are much more about that than they've ever been. So I, I don't yeah. know. I think that's an interesting, interesting thing to think about. You know, mm-hmm. um, again, along with this all, sure, you know, occurring in things that are from our daily lives. Again, when I, I moved to Wheaton last year, it's like, how many paintings can I make about Roosevelt Road? Essentially, right. as, as, <laughs> as like my my little guidelines, you know. And it's just like yep. trying to find all these you know weird hotels and oh, I wonder if that's could gonna be, be a, a painting. Could be someday. its own series on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's definitely kind of the way that these things uh, snake around. So, again, this is at Moraine Valley Community College, so come out and say hello again. Hans, it's a pleasure, and it's it's great to finally have uh, have work hanging with your work. It is. It's nice to see. Yeah, for sure. It works well together. Thanks once again to Hans for joining me, and please check out our exhibition, Reconstructed Landscapes. It opens February 12th and runs through March 7th. It's at the Robert F. DiCaprio Art Gallery at Moraine Valley Community College in Palos Hills, just outside of Chicago, so go check it out. Once again, you can see Hans and his work. His website is HansHabegger.com, and mine is DavidLinaway.com, so please check out other work there. Once again, Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. You can find a number of different interviews. You can find images of their work and links to their websites on Studio Break, so please peruse. Again, there's plenty of archives. You can listen to that initial episode with Hans, number 22, if you want to look that up. Also, you can find a link to the iTunes store and subscribe to the podcast. It's a great way to stay up to date. We also hope that if you like this podcast, you help share it and get the word out. 
Of course, one easy way to do that, if you're on Facebook, is to like Studio Break. And, of course, if you want, you can follow us there. You can follow our Tumblr account, that's studio-break.tumblr. And please tweet us at Studio Break when you got something interesting. We really appreciate hearing from different artists and listeners. Plenty of exhibitions opening up this weekend. Again, a few to highlight. 901 Miles from Normal is an MFA exhibition of Illinois State University artists. It opens this Thursday at Front Room Gallery in Brooklyn. Jason Karolak has Polyrhythm, which opens at Mackenzie Fine Art February 13th. And lastly, Todd Reed has an exhibition called Piped, Chopped, and Screwed. It's at Hawkeye Crates in Brooklyn, and it also opens February 13th, so check that out. We do want to thank Skylar Mail for providing the music for Studio Break. You can check out his art at SkylarMail.com. He's currently a resident at Hooper Projects in L.A. and does a lot of interesting work, so please go ahead and check it out. And lastly, of course, thanks once again for listening to Studio Break. We hope that you enjoy it, and we'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>